This is The Playbook. Knocking on doors is an ask. People are afraid to ask. I did a little bit of consulting for a small company, a guy named Arthur Blank, who owned the Atlanta Falcons. <clears throat> he uh, started a company called Home Depot. And they started to sell warranties, kind of like Best Buy. It's a great upsell, right? Here you buy this electronic or appliance. Here's your warranty for two, three, four years. Great profit margins on it. And, you know, Arthur's no dummy. He's figuring, Dave, how do I do this? And at the time, he had three different types of checkout. The consumer checkout, the garden checkout, and the contractor checkout. And I came in to teach how to ask. Teach how to ask for the sale. And it was amazing. I thought I gave great advice, to be honest. Arthur came back to me and said, Dave, it's interesting. He said, you increased our sales 20% for those three checkouts. He's all, but there was someone there that sold three times as much as all three of the checkouts. And I said, can you introduce him to me? I, I, need, I need to learn something, right? Someone's at base camp seven. Tell me, Arthur, I want to meet this guy. And so he walks me over and he shows me the automatic checkout. I said, you got to be kidding me, man. He goes, no, the automatic checkout is outselling everyone combined three to one. He's all, Dave, what, what do you think it is? And it hit me right at that moment. I know exactly what it is, bro. No matter how great I think I am, no matter how ignorant and arrogant I can be at times, an expert in knocking on doors, asking, that machine asks every time. They don't prejudge the person. They don't consider the person's in a hurry or they look rich or look poor or short or fat or strong or weak, whatever they look at. No prejudgment at all. All that dumb machine does, and I stress dumb, is ask, do you want a warranty? And it doesn't do it by voice either. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? So ask. You ain't going to get unless you ask. To that measure, let's talk about abundance and philosophy of asking. There's a mindset that you need to have in asking, and the most common mindset is one that is one of giving, but giving as a zero-sum zero game. Most people who knock on doors, they live in a zero-sum game, a scarce universe. Most people that live in scarcity, they're great people. In fact, sometimes I think that they're more humble than even people that understand abundance because it's counterintuitive how asking works. See, I'll use my mom as an example because she's one of the kindest, generous people I've ever met, but she doesn't live in abundance. My mom is extremely kind, extremely generous, but doesn't live in abundance. And I will promise that there's many of you out there that sell this way. You're very kind and you're very generous. But that's not going to get the job done when you knock on doors. 
Because that's living in scarcity as a zero-sum game. When all you live your life is kind and generous, that doesn't get it done because you're lacking the faith that I have. What do I mean? Kind and generous people, they appreciate everything they have. My mom appreciated everything we had, and we had very little. She was great at it, right? When she took us out to dinner, she'd buy two large french fries, six kids, five boys and one girl, pour it into a bowl, and somehow I thought it was a seafood tower at Mastro's. Unfortunately, it also taught me to eat really fast. <laughs> and I still love McDonald's french fries, which probably is not the greatest thing either. It's a comfort food for me, but I love it. But my mom would appreciate everything. What is appreciation? It's adding value to the situation, to everything. Appreciation is adding value. Your house appreciates, the value goes up. So we have to use gratitude, right? The most powerful thing in the world. Gratitude, say thank you before you go to bed and when you, when you wake up, change your life in an instant. If you can do it 30 straight days, I guarantee it'll change your life. But you know what? All of these things that I'm teaching you, and hopefully that's resonating, some of them with you, they're all simple. They're all simple. But you know what the problem, for example, with gratitude? How many people think they can say gratitude every night and every morning for 30 straight days? Yeah, a lot of hands up. And I'm blessed to see thousands of hands go up, and I appreciate that. The saddest thing about that is it's so simple to do. And by tonight, half of us won't say thank you. Even though it's free, gratitude, it takes 0.1 seconds, and the majority of people, thought leaders, unbelievable gurus on earth will tell you gratitude is the most powerful thing in the world. Even all of those facts combined, by tonight, half of us won't say thank you. By tomorrow morning, another half of us won't say thank you, even though every physicist, quantum physicist and metaphysicist will tell you scientifically that gratitude is the most powerful thing on earth. And within three days, almost all of us won't say thank you. Now this, on my mission, drives me crazy. The same way that it drives me crazy that people don't knock on doors. They don't ask. They appreciate, but you know what the problem with the simplest things are? The simple things to do are unfortunately simple to not to do. It's simple not to do. And so human nature, nature makes it difficult because it's so simple to do, it becomes simple not to do, so we don't do it. Even though it's free, even though it takes 0.1 seconds, even though I guarantee it will impact your life exponentially. Because behaviors, as we'll talk about, compound compound and accelerate and aggregate upon itself because behavior is energy it's energy in motion your feelings energy in motion behavior energy in motion money energy in motion it aggregates accelerates and compounds it that's why i study einstein's rule of 72 to remind remember and recollect how things grow and accelerate in a trajectory of what i think i want in an abundant world not a zero-sum world where i'm just supposed to appreciate it's hard enough because it's so simple to appreciate everything. What's the second thing my mom did? She acknowledged everything that we had. Now, acknowledgement means what? To acquire the knowledge. That's why we're here. 
This is this journey of embodiment that you're in. You're here to learn as much as you can, as fast as you can, to be the better person, a better self. That's the only way you get better, is to acknowledge things. Now, how do we acquire the knowledge of things? How do we acknowledge things? Very simple. Don't have them anymore. It's the only way. The only way you can acknowledge what you have is not to have it anymore. So most people who are generous and kind, they appreciate everything they have, and then they give away everything. My mom has given away all her money, all her health, all her happiness for her children, her community, her Sunday school, her women's groups, all the things that she's done, and she's 80 years old, and now she's in a position because she's given everything that she needs someone to help her. The last thing that she wanted in her life. She wanted to help everyone. That's what she wanted. She wanted to help her six kids, who, by the way, besides me, all went to the Ivy Leagues, all got scholarships, all thrive in life. So she has done something, right? But acknowledgement just doesn't come from giving. It also comes from losing it. It also comes from it being manipulated, stolen, or cheated, or taken from us. Except for I think there's more lessons when it's done like that. Why is there a difference between me intentionally giving something away and someone stealing it? It's the same acknowledgement except for there's a few extra lessons given to when someone takes something of mine. And I believe the universe is just telling me, hey, that person needed it a lot more than the person you were going to give it to. I believe in kindness. My tagline is be kind to your future self. I believe in generosity to appreciate everything you have and to give it all away by either losing it, having it stolen from you, manipulated, cheated from you, or given away. But there's one thing I learned later on in life that when I appreciated things, I grew. I added value. I lived in a zero-sum game. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm winning. I have so much. And then I tried to give it away. Some was lost, stolen, manipulated, and cheated. And I give it away, and now my vessel was empty. I lost over $100 million. And that's the moment I realized I don't live in a zero-sum game. I don't have nothing. I just have to refill my vessel, and it's so much bigger now. Who can refill something if it's a lost give or take game that I'm playing, a zero-sum game, it's going to take a repetitive methodology in order to fill back up my vessel, so now I'm going to have to start from zero. But what if I lived in a world of more than enough? More than enough of everything for everyone. Where not only was I adding value by appreciating it, adding value by acknowledging it, what if it was true that I added value by knocking on doors? asking. What if I added value by knocking on doors, by asking in person, asking on the phone, asking via email, asking via media, social and traditional media? What if I asked more for more, knowing that I was adding value by asking for more? And how can I prove that to you? How good do you feel when someone asks you for help? How good do you feel when someone asks you for help? We love to give, but sometimes we're going to deny that great value that we bring to others by not asking. 
we have to ask. You have to realize you don't live in a zero-sum game, that you can ask and find the people that you appreciate, acknowledge, and ask for more from, that you are providing value at the right time. So let's get into the more pragmatic side because I have knocked on more doors than anyone, which means I've heard no more than anyone. I've heard no more than anyone, and that's why I am here today with more than I've ever had. More money, more health, more wealth, more worthiness. I have more than I've ever had today because I have asked more than anyone. And statistically, statistically, those people who have asked more than anyone, or statistically, those people who have taken the most shots, have missed the most shots. Those people have threw the most passes, have thrown the most interceptions, and have the most fumbles. Believe me, my business partner was Warren Moon, the Hall of Fame quarterback, and I used to beat everyone in trivia because I would say, who holds the record for the most fumble recoveries in the NFL? Warren Moon. Why? Because he played quarterback next to Tom Brady now, he played quarterback and started at 44 years old more than any other quarterback in the world, which means he fumbled the snap more than any other quarterback in the world. And then he fell on top of it and recovered it. Don't let these numbers hold you down. Let them prop you up, propel you, protect you, and promote you. So how do we do it? I take a different approach today than ever. Number one, Find an open mind. Knock on doors simply to find an open mind. It takes at least a thousand times the effort, energy, time, emotion, and value, and money to re-engineer a closed mind than an open mind. And I'm going to tell you something that's going to shock you. Everyone on earth has an open mind. Now you're going bullshit, Dave. You have not been knocking on doors with me if you think everyone has an open mind. No, I know it. They just have an open mind at a certain amount of time. Some people have an open mind the majority of the time, and some people have an open mind in a very small window. But both have equal value when we're communicating because you can't communicate with a closed mind. So who cares if the guy has a closed mind 99% of the time? If you catch him at the 1%, it's actually mathematically, statistically better for you because he has less options, opportunities, and touches a favor in his life because he has a closed mind. Therefore, he has less choices. Therefore, statistically, you're going to make a sale more often than not to a closed mind that you catch when it has an open mind. So how do we do that? Surprisingly, asking questions. Open-ended questions are the best determinant of an open mind. Open-ended questions are the best determinant of an open mind. So I love to say, hey, what are you doing today for solar? What do you know about solar? Any of your friends have solar? I anything about solar? You want to meet someone where they're at to find out what? Whether they have an open mind or a closed mind because it takes a thousand times the energy, value, emotion, money to try to re-engineer a closed mind. Now, I believe in a three-no rule to determine because time is the dependent variable of all matter, especially the matter of finding an open mind. So I wanna use a three no rule to determine if I can catch someone at the right time. Why? 
Number one, because if someone has an open mind the majority of the time, I may miss out on an opportunity because I caught them at the wrong time. Right? Their baby just spilled something, their dog shit on the floor, or who knows what the hell just happened. So I'm gonna give it another try. And if I get a no again, then on the third try, I say, hey, obviously this isn't the right time because that's all it is because I know everyone has an open mind it's just a matter of time but I want to be efficient effective and statistically successful with my time because the more ass I get in the more results I get and the better I get at it so on the third no I always tell people hey this isn't the right time when it is call me email me text me I'll come back, whatever it is. Now, do you know what happens? Two positive things. One, more valuable than all, is they don't ever call. Oh, Dave, what? They don't ever call? Yeah, they never get back to me. Think about how much time, emotion, value, and energy that I'm saving knowing that I don't chase people that have closed mind the majority of the time. And then the people who have open minds the majority of the time, all I've done is accelerated them getting back to me. Because in open mind, I've planted a seed under a tree that eventually will provide fruit, knowing that time is the dependent variable of all matter. I'm not in charge of time. I know that all sales come at the right time at the perfect place, right, for me. So I use the three no rule to effectuate a statistical advantage over everyone else. Now, that statistic about, you know, half the time or this, uh, one lesson I love to teach people, because people throw around statistics all the time, the only statistic I really love is 99.9% .9 of all statistics are made up. So <laughs> just go with what feels right for you. But if we can ask and use the three no rule, then we're utilizing our time with open minds. The only qualifier you need to have in a sale is am I talking to at this time an open mind? And then we can transition interest. We can transition interest with an open mind by learning about two things. What do you like about solar and what don't you like about solar? That's all you gotta, those are the only two questions you need to know. Now you're meeting them where they're at. You're not assuming or presuming that you're going to tell them and teach them and dump a bunch of features and benefits on them that may or may not be aligned with the way that we sell. There's only two things you need to do in sales. Either give something, someone more of what they like or take away what they don't like. That's the basis of sales. If you're capable of articulating that value to exceed what you're asking for. So if I give you more of what you like and I can articulate value to exceed what, you're, what I'm asking for, 100% of the time, if I'm talking to an open mind, I'm gonna progress in that sale. So make sure we know what people like about solar or anything and what they don't like. Not only will you have more credibility, more alignment, meet someone where they're at, making yourself equal, not making yourself better, but you'll also gain something that's extremely statistically successful in knocking on doors. It's an emotional attachment. People buy on emotion for logical reasons. Let them give you the logical reasons and tie their emotions to it by telling you what they like 
and the logic they have behind what they like and what they don't like and the logic they have behind what they don't like. And then use your features and benefits, your capabilities of your solution as an arsenal to add to the credibility and to add to the emotional attachment and to articulate the quantitative value to exceed what you're asking for. Use what they're saying. And, and you know what the language is? I'm not one of those guys that speaks theory, right? I train a lot of sales forces. I will give you the language, right? What are you doing today with solar? What do you know about solar? What do you like about it? What don't you like about it? Then all you have to do is use the features and benefits of what you know, your capabilities, to ask one question. Would it help you if? That's all you got to ask. Hey, would it help you if I did this? Would it help you if I could do this? Would it help you if I could save on your electric bill? Would it help you if I could increase the sustainability of our country so that your kids have a safe environment to live in? Whatever it is that they like and don't like, whether it be misguided or not, by asking questions, we can get that alignment so that we can then articulate the value of, yes, that would help me. Now I can articulate the value to exceed what I'm asking for, which results in me saying what? Can you see any reason you won't want to move forward? Stimulate interest by finding an open mind, asking an open question. Transition interest by knowing what they like and don't like. Share a vision by suggesting to them solutions to give them more of what they like, take away more of what they don't like, and articulate the quantitative value using the feature benefits and capabilities of what you're selling. And then confirm it by saying, can you see, another question, any reason you won't want to move forward, giving them an opportunity to get alignment once again of any miscommunication or misconnection or misalignment that you may have at that time. Now most people would say, wow, if I asked them, how much do you think you're done there? Oh, I'm 80% there. No, you're 20% there. Now the real work gets in in managing and developing a vision. And what you want to utilize to manage and develop a vision is to summarize the most important steps in dates and times in order to effectuate what you memorialize together as articulation of value. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to follow up tomorrow to make sure that you don't have any questions because I want you to talk to your neighbors who have solar. They're going to give you different opinions, et cetera. And I'd love to have an opportunity to make sure that we share those uh, and understand that you're getting the greatest value and that we're comparing apples to apples. So I suggest you talk to your neighbors. If you suggest they talk to the neighbors, human nature, they won't. But if they do, you just have another opportunity to make more sales because you're powerful enough to articulate more value so they go back to the other neighbors and say, oh, I got a much better deal, this is why. But have a go, no, go plan in place to manage and develop a vision. What makes the best people who knock on doors? The people who not only knock on doors more because they're constantly looking to be promoted and protected. The people who find open minds and ask open questions and find out what people don't like and like and are able to articulate quantitative value. But the people who succeed the most in all professions are the ones who meet expectations. I think it's 
BS when people say, oh, you know, I'm going to exceed expectations. No, you're not. You're going to participate in a perception of somebody else, which makes it mathematically almost impossible to exceed. I'm going to repeat that. You're going to participate in someone else's perception, which makes it almost mathematically impossible to exceed. Therefore, I create a plan, a go-no-go plan that lays out my ability to meet your expectations. I'm going to call you on this date. I'm going to do this. The installers are going to do this on this date. And it also allows you on that date to make sure that everything's okay so that you can get that open mind again when things don't go as planned. And I promise you, if you come up with a well-developed plan, if you come up with a great go-no-go plan, that you're going to make God laugh. He loves well-developed plans. So he can teach you more lessons. So we want to have our own plan of adaptability in order to facilitate statistical success, efficiency, and effectiveness in what we're doing. And if you do that, now it's easy street. Because when you're able to meet people's expectations, they tell everybody. They tell everybody. Because nobody's doing it. Everyone's talking about exceeding expectations because they think they can participate in other people's perceptions, but you can't. And so no matter what they do, they don't exceed the expectations, and therefore no one's bragging about you to their neighbors. And you know that the best thing about knocking on doors is the easiest way to knock on doors is to have other people do it for you. There's nothing that's going to sell it more than I just got solar and I love it. I'm saving so much money. The guy who sold it to me is incredible. They didn't say everything went as planned. They didn't say whatever it is that you think they're saying. That's all they need to say. The same way, you know, with Apple years ago, I used an IBM ThinkPad and a rim BlackBerry pager, and the guy next to me opened up his Mac, and he starts typing, and I'm like waiting for the thing to get up and there's viruses and I'm like halfway through the flight and I finally get my you know DOS screen going or whatever the heck that was and I look to him I'm like dude I wish I was a teacher or an artist he said why I said because I'd love to use one of those he said no I got word I got PowerPoint I'm like you gotta be kidding me from that day on I have not only purchased millions of dollars of Apple products but I've sold millions of dollars of Apple products and I've never talked to an Apple sales rep other than to get an order placed and stand in line to buy stuff. That's what we should be doing. And if you stimulate interest correctly, transition interest, share a vision, manage and develop the vision, utilizing an open mind and open-ended question template in order to facilitate that, I promise you, it's incredible the success that you'll have. Now there's one other trick before I get into a quick daily practice analysis, because all of this takes practice. One of the secrets that I have in knocking on doors is getting people to answer, to call me back. Especially today when it's not just knocking on doors, it's getting people to call us back when we knock on doors or email them or DM them or call them. And so many people get confused about this because if I was going to increase productivity of a sales force or self in sales, all I would practice for the first year is getting people to call me back. People are like, are you kidding me? I'm like, no, it's, 
the, the most valuable thing I can think of. Why? Because with all the different ways that we can knock on doors, with all the different ways, we can knock on about 1,000 to 10,000 doors a day depending how big we build our community. I'm going to repeat that. When we build a community of people that want to help us and know people who can help us, we can knock on between 1,000 and 10,000 doors a day, in person, on the phone, via email, and social media. So imagine if only one of those people get back to us a day. And I could teach you to make it two. I've just doubled your sales. You're no better sales rep. You don't know any other BS that I talked to you here that you didn't write down, you did write down, or it didn't resonate with you or it did. But simply by getting more people to call you back, not only will you make sales, but you'll get better at selling because you get more reps. So make sure you and your team are practicing every day getting people to call you back, to answer that door, to give you an opportunity to qualify whether or not they have an open mind or a closed mind, to build your community, your neighborhood of people that are at your frequency, that can be aware of the quantitative value that you're going to provide to exceed what you're asking for. But you got to make it a practice. Why? Because the simple things to do are unfortunately simple not to do.